pressure's high and your amperage is low. Have your batteries charged here and watch yourself go on the Rage and Cajun, 1600 AM and 102.7 FM. Hey, good morning to everyone here on Play by Play. Hope everybody is enjoying their Friday as much as we are here in our coastal broadcasting KLEB studios we're having a great day and we hope the same for everybody else we're going to be rocking and rolling with sports talk for the next 90 or so minutes we've got a couple of calling guests our usual friday calling guests lined up we've got coach chandler gitros of the south lafouche high school tarpons at 11 45 they're fresh off of a great season about ready to start another season they'll be playing their summer season in the coming days we'll talk with coach gitros about that and also at 12-15, we'll have Damian St. Pierre, Golden Medal Middle School Boys Basketball Coach, and then also working with the South Lafouche Flash, doing some big AAU things over the summer. Coach Damian is always a good time, always a great interview. We're going to ask him about the NBA playoffs. We're going to ask him about things in the world of boxing and the world of wrestling and all that and more with Damian, and you, you'll enjoy that segment thoroughly. Bottom of the show, we've got our weekend predictions. There are some things that I'm expecting or hoping to see over the weekend and then of course we've got to get you our betting picks I don't mean to brag but you guys follow me on patreon and you subscribe to me there we were six and oh yesterday giving out winners we gave six picks we had six winners and then let me tell you the exact stats if i'm gonna brag i want to make sure i get it right um since may the 10th over on patreon we're 52 and 40 which is a great winning percentage We are staying hot. We are giving you guys winners, and I've got three of them, hopefully, to give you here at the bottom of the show. That will do you proud. We're also going to talk some NBA playoffs, right? We had one series get clinched yesterday with the Warriors going to the NBA Finals. We've also got Boston and Miami that I think will get clinched tonight, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, And if I am wrong on that, then that would set the stage for what would be a wild Game 7 in that series with the team that wins it will be going head on play Golden State in the NBA Finals. But first, let's talk a little bit of high school as we always do. And of course, we'll get Coach Chandler Gitros at 11.45 to continue that high school train rolling. Um, But I was asked here at the top of the show to start giving like a rundown of like, okay, we've got our local high school football teams, right? Like who's going to, who are they going to be playing? I was asked to give a rundown of kind of some of the schedules and everything of the sort. So let me go up and pull up my LHSAA database here, and I could tell you who some of the local teams are going to be rocking and rolling against. Because, man, y'all, we always say this, summer's going to drag, it's going to be miserable. Summer goes by faster than what you realize. Um, Well, you know what? Some of the schedules I'm seeing are not actually uploaded, so we'll try to find a school that has their full schedule posted. There you go. I could tell you the Central LaFouche schedule, and we'll get the rest of them. We'll get, give a couple of them each day. Uh, I pulled up South LaFouche first. Their full schedule is not actually posted up there yet. Central LaFouche is going to be playing a very tough go in 2022. They open up the season with John Curtis. <laughs> you got a team that hasn't won a game in two years, man. A young team trying to get some confidence. You open up the season with John Curtis. That'll be a big, big challenge for the Trojans of Central LaFouche. 
Week two, they take on Vanderbilt. Not that that gets a whole lot easier for them playing Vanderbilt would be a big challenge as well. Then week three, you got the big rivalry matchup between South Lafouche and Central Lafouche, a game that we actually didn't get a chance to see last year because of Ida. The first three weeks of the year got washed away for the Tarpons. Did I say that right? First three weeks? Maybe the first two weeks. Whatever it may be, the Central Lafouche game was not part of the schedule. Then the Trojans play Franklin at home. By the way, um, all of those non-district games that I listed are at home except the South Lafouche game. They'll be traveling to take on the Tarpons and Galliano. So they got John Curtis at home, Vanderbilt at home, at South Lafouche and home against Franklin. In the district schedule, hey, dog, this is going to be tough. Trojans are going to take on Terrebonne to start district play at home. That'll be week five. Then you go into the gauntlet. You're at Destrehan in week six. You're at East St. John in week seven. You're home against Thibodeau in week eight. Then you wrap up home against Hanville and away against HL Bourgeois. So Coach Darren Moore and his staff are going to have a challenge, man. Like everybody in that 5A district has the same challenge every year is that there's so much talent. There are so many teams in that district that could play. And Chris Duga always says, man, it's like the SEC West. And whenever we ask him to elaborate, we say, Coach, what do you mean? Because everybody that you're playing has two or three guys that are committed to go to an SEC West school, beat LSU, beat Auburn, beat Alabama, beat Arkansas, beat whoever. So all of those schools are going to be so heavily challenged. I love to follow that local 5A football district just because it's always like a game within the game, right? Like you want to see, okay, are the Bayou schools going to be able to keep up with the River schools? And then from there, it's a game within the game of, okay, which River school is going to be the top dog? Sometimes it's Hanville, sometimes it's Destrehan. Every once in a while, East St. John has that squad that you know is capable of doing great things. So it's always fun to kind of track that and see uh, you know, where things are going to hit. That's the Central Lafouche schedule. Now let's tell you Thibodeau High here. We're going to get all of them, in, in the, not in this segment, but in the course of the next several days. So we knocked off Central, we knocked off Thibodeau. Thibodeau's schedule is this. They're going to be, <laughs> they play some tough competition too now. Their non-district schedule is brutal. They open up the season home against Lutcher. That'll be a showdown matchup. Athletes galore everywhere across the field. Lutcher supposedly has just a quarterback who's just excellent and he, you know who's going to be a college signee and can run and can throw and make plays with his feet. So Thibodeau opens up the season at home against Lutcher. That'll actually be a good litmus test game, right? Because a lot of the teams in our local 4A district are wondering with Lutcher coming in, like, okay, how good is Lutcher going to be? You know, how competitive are we going to be against these guys who are usually a prolific and very good program? I think that week one result against Thibodeau is going to do a couple of things. I think it's going to show how good Thibodeau may or may not be. And I think it's also going to show how open or closed that 4A district is going to be. If Lutcher just lines up and rolls over Thibodeau, wins decisively, everyone in our local 4A district may be in trouble. But if that's a competitive, hard-fought game, Thibodeau gets the win, whatever it may be, then I think things might be more wide open than what we might expect it to be. Week 2, the Tigers are going to be hosting South Lafouche. They've been trying to host South Lafouche for a minute now. Poor Thibodeau. Every time they have an opportunity and it's their turn to have a home game against the Tarpons, something happens, be it COVID, be it the storm, whatever it may be. It's been several years now they're trying to get that game on their home field. They're finally going to get it, knock on wood, weather permitting, you know, the world situation permitting. That'll be in week two. The Tarpons are going to Thibodeau. Week three, Thibodeau will be traveling to take on St. James in another matchup that I think is going to be a measuring stick to show how far along the Tigers are going to be. St. James is kind of a little bit in transition, right, with a new football coach who's going to be coming in. Um, we know they've got athletes all over the field. We know that, you know, Nick Saban 
is always keeping his eyes on St. James's campus, and Brian Kelly's always keeping his eyes on St. James's campus. So Thibodeau's going to be matched up with a 3A school, yeah, but a school that has just world-class athletes and guys that are signing year in and year out. Then the Tigers open district play in week four against East St. John at home. That'll be a big one. That'll be a really, really big one. You'd love to get off on the right foot, get to 1-0 in district play, and kind of solidify yourself. That's a big contest there. Week five is an interesting game. Thibodeau and E.D. White are two high schools that are both in the same town. And, like, by and large, it's really not that big of a rivalry. And it's really not that big of a rivalry because the two schools just kind of avoid one another, right? Like, they don't really play a whole lot in, in different sports. And, like, they just kind of keep separate. They go their separate ways. They do their own things. And, they, you know, they're not in the same districts. They don't come across one another very often. In Week 5, Thibodeau High is traveling to take on E.D. White in a non-district game. That's going to be a lot of fun. The public school in Thibodeau versus the private school in Thibodeau. Thibodeau's traveling to take on E.D. White. E.D. White's coming off of the great season where they made it to the state championship game and everything around it. That's going to be a big game and a big-time showdown, and I think that's going to be one that'll be really, really fun to track as we get into you know that part of the season out in Week 5. Week 6, the Tigers are going to be taking on Hanville on the road, so they got a big stretch there where they go St. James, East St. John, E.D. White, Hanville, all in consecutive weeks. That'll be a big challenge for Coach Duga and his staff. Then it lightens up a little bit, I guess, right? You're taking on HL Bourgeois in Week 7, Central Lafouche in Week 8. HL Bourgeois at home, Central Lafouche on the road. Terrebonne at home in Week 9. Then you wrap up with the behemoth. You're taking on Destrehan in Week 10 on the road. For Thibodeau, I think what they want to do is I think they want to be in a position where they're not scratching and clawing to get in in the last game of the year, right? They've been kind of in that mode of like, okay, we're 33rd and it's Week 8. Like, we've got to win the rest to get in. They want to be in that spot to where they're like 15th or something like that. I mean, obviously, they would like to be higher, but you know what I'm saying. They want to have their spot solidified by the time they get to the stretch run of the year so that down the stretch, they're not playing for survival. They're playing for seeding. They're trying to you know, punch uh, uh, maybe a home game or whatever it may be. I think that's the position that Thibodeau's looking to get themselves in. They don't want to be that team that's you know, trying to uh, win in week nine and week 10 just to get in. They want to be a team that's playing for seeding and is trying to you know, improve on themselves. And it's going to take a fast start against some really tough competition to make that happen. See if we could get you one more here before we go to the first commercial break. Let's pull up this one. Yep, I could tell you Terrebonne High School schedule and then we'll get out of here and get to a break and get to Chandler Guitros. Terrebonne High School will be playing... South Terrebonne in the opener, that'll be fun. That'll be emotional just in that, you know, kind of two rival schools, both been through a lot. They're going to be playing that game over at Tom B. That'll be a a good matchup. It'll be the first game of the career of Coach Lewis out there um, and then also of of Coach Babin over at South Terrebonne. So that'll be fun. Then Terrebonne travels to take on John F. Kennedy in week two on the road. That'll be a matchup of the Tigers facing a very athletic team, a very skilled team. I think it's not mistaken, a team that went to home and actually beat Terrebonne last year. Let me see if I could check on that for you before I get the rest of the schedule. I think John F. Kennedy beat Terrebonne last year. Uh, yeah, 19-10. to 10. So that'll be a rematch of a game where the Tigers fell on their sword kind of last year, going on the road trying to make it happen. 
And taking on Lakeshore in week three on the road, that'll be no easy task. Lakeshore, they've, they've got just such a storied athletic program. They're good at just about everything out there. Week four, home against HL Bourgeois. Week five, away against Central Lafouche. Week six, home against Ellender. So for Terrebonne, the key, and we talked with Coach Tyler Lewis earlier this week, they've got to get off to a fast start. You open up your season with South Terrebonne, John F. Kennedy, Lakeshore, HL Bourgeois, Central Lafouche, and Ellender. Of those six games, you're favored to win most of them. Like, with the exception of, like, Lakeshore, you might be favored to win all of the rest of those games. You got the meat of your schedule, Destran, East St. John, Thibodeau, Honville, all week seven through ten. Those games are going to be tough. You better be five and one. Four and two at the absolute least. If you're two and four, you're three and three, you're limping through that beginning part of the schedule, Going after that to go play the river, you're in big, big trouble. So Terrebonne, I think, more than anybody else in our area is the team that you say in that first month or so, they better be ready. They better get off to a good start because if they don't, they're in big, big trouble. It's play-by-play. We're going to catch a break. When we get back, we're going to get Chandler Gitros. We've given you three of our local teams as football schedules. I'm going to get the rest of them next week, y'all. I don't have time to rattle off. You know, we've got a million high schools in the area. I don't got time to do all of them in the first segment of the show. But three down, we'll get the rest of them next week. You're listening to Play-By-Play. We'll be right back after this talking some tarpon baseball. It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams. Long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Yep, it's that time of year. Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and night in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. 
This year's Fishing Rodeo, we also have adult, kids, kayak, and we added the offshore division. Proceeds from this rodeo go to swimming lessons, life rings on the Grand Isle Beach, scholarships, and bringing awareness to water safety. There will be plenty of food, drinks, activities for the kids, and the whole family. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7th, 8th, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Hope everybody's enjoying their Friday. It's about to be a long weekend ahead with the Memorial Day holiday coming up on Monday. We go to the phone lines and we have Tarpon baseball coach, Coach Chan Legitros, for his regular Friday interview. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are you? Hey, Casey, doing great. Yes, sir, man. Uh, you guys are in that fun time of the year where you're, you're kind of breaking in some new guys and, and trying to. Fill out some, you know, new starting lineup cards and everything of the sort. I know you said last week you guys kind of pushed back your tryouts and everything, but if those haven't already happened, I know they're getting close because the swamp land season's right around the corner. It's going to be very busy these next couple of days and weeks for the Tarpons. Yes, sir. We had our tryouts on Monday and I actually got out to practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so it's it's really right now just getting the guys reacclimated, bunt cover, just first and third plays, uh, relays. Uh, where to be that way whenever we go line up in a game, you know, we we look like a functioning baseball team, but it's just reviews of what they've all been uh, through the last couple of years. Um, really excited. We're bringing up four upcoming eighth graders. I know the uh, eighth grade classes at LCO and Golden Medal had a lot of good athletes. So uh, we were excited to be able to bring up a few of those guys to play with our JV group. Um, so right now we have 100% participation as far as guys who we anticipated uh, to be playing swamp ball. Everybody's, uh, you know, Looking forward to competing for those spots. You talked about the eighth graders. BJ came on, BJ Young, that is, came on earlier in the week, and you know he said, "Hey, man, like we've got some dudes that are in the eighth grade right now that like we think are not just going to play on Fridays, but like we think they're going to start on Fridays." And I guess the question that I'm asking is, man, <laughs> it sounds like at least from you know all conversations that I'm having with the folks at the middle schools and then also at the high schools, it sounds like there's a really, really talented group that's going to be coming up across the entire athletic department. They play everything. They're talented, and it sounds like everybody's going to reap those benefits over the next several years. Right, and uh, with us baseball-wise, what made this senior class so special is we had three or two or three local travel teams all at the same time, the same age group. It was just a deep baseball class. Uh, with this class, baseball-wise, they were a little bit more spread out, playing for different organizations. Uh, there really wasn't one big team from down here playing together. So that's going to be a challenge. We have a lot of guys that want to, are interested in playing baseball, uh, obviously with the success we've been having, but might be a little bit more raw than what we're used to. Uh, but with that, that's a good thing. They don't have bad habits yet. You know, we could uh, teach and bring them up in our system, and uh, we look forward to having them. And, uh, look, uh, I know there's at least one eighth grader that will be pushing for playing time at the varsity level uh, next spring. Very, very good. And, 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 Coach, you talked about something there that I want to ask you about. Is that, you know, okay, you said you you know guys have great interest in the sport because of the winning and you know the winning the district championships and going deep into the playoffs and everything like that. So I know football that's a big thing. Like okay, you get you know way more numbers based on the success you're having. And so baseball is kind of the same thing. You'll pick up some kids here and there based on the results that you're having. Yeah, I mean we just have guys that are uh, you know maybe wouldn't have tried out at that high school level. They kind of see oh wow they they have some uh, success. Let me see if I could. Uh, you know, kind of jump on board and, uh, you know, play with that group. And it, it's across all sports, man. Uh, you know, everybody likes uh, success. You know, it's uh, it's up to us to keep it there, obviously, to keep growing the numbers within the program. Uh, but I definitely think what this senior class did, 
um, and really the couple of classes before him, that class of 2018 with Blake Ogale, um, that uh, Jelby Sheremy group, the Austin Danos, Jake Pete group, they have held the program to such a high standard, and it's really because of the players, man. We've had great guys come through here, and what that does is those little kids growing up, 8, 9, 10 years old, look up to these guys and, hey, I want to be them one day. Um, so it's really just we've just been blessed with a great group of talented kids over these last few years, and I think it'll pay dividends for our program for years to come. So how hard is it? And okay, here's the question I'm asked: Is you know football they start school and they're right at it. You know basketball is kind of on deck where you know in, when you start school in August or September they know hey we're just a month or two away from getting rolling. Baseball is the opposite. You guys start school and you got to wait almost a whole half of a year. So when when school starts, how difficult is it? Because like you're ready to get after it, but you know you still got a long ways away. And then you're watching them play all the other sports, just hoping and praying they don't get hurt. Like the waiting game must be kind of painful, huh? It is, and uh, you know, uh, for me, that's why I encourage everybody. If you're not going to play football, go run cross cross country, go swim, go do something, go compete. Um, it's important to stay active, stay in a competitive mindset. It is good for the soul, man. You know, uh, so we want our guys going out and competing. We do some stuff where uh, we have what's called four and ones, where once the summer period ends and August September gets here, we could have four players with one coach at a time doing individual work. So our multi-sport athletes, like our football guys, wouldn't be able to participate in that. But if Coach Chasson has uh, four non-football players that want to go work in the cages with him, we could kind of start doing that, and especially with the young guys coming up, uh, just to uh, you know, go over technique, stance, uh, all of our steps that we go through in our hitting technique. And uh, with me, as a football coach, it makes it a little more difficult, but sometimes it might be 6.30 at night, and I might have a group of guys that we want to come throw or something like that. So we always kind of, uh, you know, try to play that balancing game, work everybody in, and try to get as much work as we can. When do you start your Swampland schedule? And, and you know, I know last week we kind of talked about this, but what are some, you know, facets of the game that you guys are hoping to, you know, kind of polish up a little bit over those summer months? Um, we start our first game will be on uh, next Thursday, uh, so six days away. Jan, I'm sorry, uh, June the second against Thibodeau High at home. We're going to play varsity at uh, 6 o'clock. JV's going to be before that at 4 o'clock. Um, so some things that we're really looking to uh, do is find pitching depth. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you could take, uh, you know, at-bats. A guy might have, you know, let's say 30 at-bats over the summer. That might not carry over as far as, uh, I guess, muscle memory-wise into the next season that far away. But, if we got guys that are throwing strikes, that's something that we could build off of. And with those four and ones, we could really, uh, I think, hammer the point home and get those guys bigger and stronger, throwing harder. And, uh, you know, that, that's really the big thing for us next year is going to be pitching. So um, that's my biggest concern. We're going to have guys like Jacob Curell is not going to throw an inning for us this summer. We need to see other guys. And uh, with guys spread out playing on different summer teams, different travel teams, we're going to have to be smart about how we use those innings. But, I mean, we, we need to find guys. It's, uh, it's as simple as that. And throwing bullpens the last two days, I'm really excited about quite a few of them and uh, some guys that might be some household names come next year. That was the next question I was going to ask is, okay, you got kids who are playing for the Hogs or playing for whoever. Um, do you communicate with the kid or do you communicate with you know, their coach? Or, like, how do you make sure that, you know, they're not throwing two, three days in a row or that they're not overexerting themselves? Like, how do those conversations be had? Do you, you know, you just leave it up to the kid to communicate that to you, or how do you make those decisions? It depends on the situation. Uh, a kid like Jack Lede is playing for the uh, Knights, which is a travel organization. 
his uh, coach that I'm this summer is going to be Shane Trosquare, who uh, we all know well, good friend of mine. So I'll talk to Shane during the week, and we'll kind of bounce off of each other. Okay, I plan on using Jag this day. Okay, so then maybe I could fit him in on a third on a Tuesday if he's not going to pitch again until the following Sunday, and just don't overextend them. So uh, it's it's more communication on the kids and with the parents. It's about uh, you know it's, it's their bodies, and we got to keep them healthy. That's the number one priority. If they're going to pitch, you know, sixty pitches on a Saturday, uh, they're not going to see the mound for us. You know, so it's uh, it's just kind of a balancing act, and I'm okay with it. I want them to go play this other stuff, but. Uh, you know, what that also does for us is if they're throwing over here, that gives us more opportunities to see different guys in those roles. Very good, Coach. And in terms of, okay, um, lineup creation, is that something that you could kind of get a feel for over the summer? It's like, okay, you know, we got this kid who's at leadoff and he's been getting on base, and or we got this kid who hit, you know, nine hole over the summer and he did a good job. Are you starting to make those decisions that early, or is it a situation where, you know, hitting is so fickle, guys get so hot and cold, you have no idea what it's going to look like by the time next February rolls around. How do you how do you base that? Uh, it's kind of a balancing act. I mean, we've been working on next year's lineup since our upcoming senior class has been sophomores because none of them got bumped up to varsity. It was the JV lineup that we've been toying with over the past really two years. So uh, we've been doing a lot of experimenting there. We're finding some things that we do like. Uh, but then all of a sudden you have a kid like Tyler Sanders, who's one of our outfielders, a sophomore, going to be a junior. He comes out of nowhere and hits like 400 over the regular season this year. Something that we, you know, we didn't factor that in. So um, it's going to be kind of who's hot as far as how we approach it over the summer. But with that understanding of it's not going to be set in stone that this is going to be our lineup opening day as far as what's the last lineup we make over the summer. Um, we're going to see who does what well. Uh, you know, a two-hole for us might be a guy that only hits 250, but might have an OBP of 400 and be a great bunner and can run when he gets on base. So. It's different things like that uh, that we just need to see what we're looking for in certain spots. And it's definitely going to be different. Like we talked about before, we're probably not going to hit 20 home runs again next year. Uh, but it's exciting. You know, it's, you know, I think that we're going to have as much fun, you know, putting the puzzle piece together with this group just because it's so new um, as we did with the last one. You know, has it kind of fully sunk in yet? It's like, okay, when you're filling out that lineup card, there's not going to be a Jonah Conley batting in the three of the four hole. You know, there's not going to be a Conley batting in the meat of the order. I do say, like, I was kind of thinking about that last night. I was just kind of chilling and kind of planning what questions I was going to ask. It's like, man, like, a lot of things that were comfortable to you all are not there anymore, and that's going to certainly be different. Yeah, look, it's uh, uh, that, that core group uh, had been starting today with sophomores. They would, uh, I think we had the last game of the season, we had four of them starting before COVID hit. And uh, then obviously our junior year, they just really took over the lineup. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be different. You know, it's <laughs> Jonah Colley hit three hole all but five games for the last two seasons. You know, uh, having do share me. You know, four years when I took over as the interim in 2019, uh, Deuce was that guy, Deuce and Darren that have been in the lineup for four years. There haven't been many players in the school's history that have been able to accomplish that. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be huge losses. Uh, you know. All we can do is hope, is hope to replace the production some kind of way. You're not never going to replace them as people, as kids, as leaders. Uh, but we're just trying to find ways to duplicate the production and uh, you know get a lineup together that's going to help us win games. LSU Tigers are playing number one Tennessee today. A behemoth, man. Have you been following the SEC tournament? Do you think LSU's got a shot to knock down the big dogs today? 
Yeah, man, you're going to call me a wuss. I went to bed in the sixth inning last night. <laughs> it was, I think it was about 1130 at night, and it was time to take the TV off. I knew we had a big day traveling to Gulfport this afternoon, so I had to get some sleep. Uh, but, yeah, man, been following it. Tennessee's just a juggernaut, man. It, that's when uh, I think uh, early this morning before I got to work, I was they had announced their starting pitcher, and it's like it doesn't matter. They got five dudes. Yeah. They could come mow down any lineup. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting with uh, LSU's pitching matchup uh, today. Uh, if, uh, you know, we got to keep the ball down because those guys could bang, man. They're a great offensive team, great all-around team. But uh, the beauty of this tournament is you might only have to beat them once uh, to get to where you want to go. And, uh, obviously, they're trying to secure a spot in that top 16. So, hopefully, they can get it done. Hopefully, it starts a little bit earlier tonight. Uh, but with three games in front of them, you know, it's going to be tough. But some uh, some good late-night baseball on the weekend in this SEC tournament is always fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. Look, man, thanks so much for the time. Be safe on the roads, bro. We'll chat next Friday, okay? All right, dude. Yep, that's Coach Chandler. Get yours just in time. I hear the bell just went off, so we were able to get all of our questions in right in the nick of time. It's play-by-play. We'll thank our sponsors, then we'll catch a break. The Blue Boot Rodeo, the 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo, will be held July 7th through 9th, 2022, at the Grand Dow Marina, located at 158 Sand Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion, Southland Dodge in Homa. Also, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. How about Dufresne Building Materials? Got you covered for all your roofing needs. Also, Rouse's Markets. Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Seven days a week at Rouse's Markets. Tastes like home. How about Buzz Off? The only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. And then last but not least, Golden Motors, where price is priority. Proudly supporting South Lafourche Athletics and Community Youth sports organizations we've got truck in the house truck there's something you want to talk about or you just here hanging out uh, i was gonna chew you out oh no i went the opposite on a couple of your fan duel oh you went the opposite yeah guess what baby they got my money <laughs> i should have listened to the kahuna that's right let's catch a break when we get back we're gonna talk some nba you're listening to play by play we'll be right back after this Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Yep, it's that time of year. Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. 
This year's activities for the rodeo on Friday, we have DJ Frozen. We also have a cornhole tournament, followed by Sharks in December. Saturday, we have Bingo and Mimosas. DJ Frozen again. Rough and Ready, we have our awards, a live auction. And closing it out, we have Junior Lacrosse from 8 to 11. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7th, 8th, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana. You may think every weather app is the same until you see WeatherBug over-deliver on so many layers. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug warns you the moment lightning strikes near you, prepares you for your commute with road conditions, routes, and even cameras. With everything from pollen and air quality to severe storm risks, radar, and satellite coverage, WeatherBug prepares you for the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app, trusted by over 10 million users, today for free. Again, man, we choose these bumper songs just at random, but again, it always seems to make sense, right? <laughs> no chance. The Vince McMahon song playing as I'm about to talk about the Dallas Mavericks falling to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, it just came down to, at the end of the day, that series, and I'll get to the Eastern Conference series also, and then, you know, we've got Damien coming up at 12-15, so we'll talk about some of this with him too. The Mavericks just had never been there before. It, it just was painfully apparent they had never been there before. They didn't know how to react to those situations. You got Luka Doncic just going 40 points every game. No one else is coming along for the ride. The games are close in the fourth quarter. Dallas doesn't know how to close the gap. Like It felt like this entire series, the Mavericks were down eight points the entire game, every game. <laughs> That's just the way the series was played. Golden State wins 120-110 to last night. They punch a ticket to the NBA Finals. For the Warriors, it's strange, man. It's strange. It's crazy how the NBA works. It's crazy how all of this stuff comes about. This is not as good of a Golden State team as some of the other Golden State teams that they've had. They've now been to the finals six times in eight years. This is not as one of their best teams. It's not. But the competition that they're facing is not as good either, so they may well win it all. And it won't be one of the best versions of the Warriors team. They've got Curry and Thompson who are a little older. You know, Draymond Green's a little older. Wiggins is playing pretty well. But this is not the the best version of Golden State. It's just not. And they move on to the championship series now where they'll be taking on the winner of the Eastern Conference Series, which will be decided in the next couple of days. Um, for Dallas, it'll be, uh, you know, they're going to be back in this spot. And we talked about this yesterday. Uh They've got to figure out a way to how, how to get back into this spot uh, because they got a young Luka Doncic. They've got players that are capable of putting them back in that position. Mr. Jared, do we have a call-in guest that is just lined up? What's going on? Uh, we have Mr. Dwayne Hayes. We'll be calling in about 10 minutes to give us an update on Popeye's LaRose. Can he call like right now? Because I got somebody at 1215. If he could call or maybe or 1235, can he do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make do, it work. We'll do 1235. Okay, sounds good. Sorry about that. That's um, all right. No problem. So, yeah, the Warriors punch their ticket. They move on 120 to 110 over Dallas. They win that series in five games. I was wrong. I said at the beginning of the series, I thought that was going to be a very competitive series. It ended up not being that way. So now we move to the Eastern Conference, where we've got game six today between Miami and Boston. Those two teams have been 
taking turns beating one another badly. This has been such an interesting series for all of the reasons that we've chronicled throughout the week is that every game a different team wins, but they win via a blowout. I've never seen so much parity and discrepancy. You got game one, Miami wins by 11. Game two, Boston wins by 25. That's a 36-point difference. Then the next game, the Celtics win via blowout. It was only a six-point game, but Miami led that game by a lot. Most of the game, Boston kind of whittled it away late. Then game four, the Celtics win by 20. Then the only consistency we've had is that they followed that up and also won game five by a lot, 93-80. to 80. And now that sets the stage for today where you've got Miami going into the Garden. It's not called the Garden anymore, but for all intents and purposes, they're going in to take on Boston at Boston. The Celtics are a huge favorite in the game. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, which is a huge spread. And, I, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, and I can't help but to – continue to hammer down the point is that this is such a difficult series to pinpoint because you don't know who's going to be available on any given day. Miami, some games Tyler Hero plays, some games Tyler, you know, Kyle Lowry plays, some games he's out of the lineup, Gabe Vincent's day-to-day. Boston has had Marcus Smart sometimes, sometimes they haven't. Robert Williams is in and out of the lineup. Like, these guys are they're both veteran teams, and they both have teams that have a lot of guys that are fighting nagging injuries. When they're both whole, I think Boston is decisively better. But the problem is that the Celtics sometimes are fighting their own demons, and they kind of get in their own way a little bit. And I, I would lean towards thinking that the Celtics are going to close out tonight, but I wouldn't say that with 100% certainty just because that's not the type of series that this has been. This has been kind of an expect-the-unexpected type of series. And... um who knows? We may end up seeing a game seven before it's all said and done. Now, kind of looking ahead, if it's Miami against Golden State in the championship series, which seems unlikely right now, but if it is Miami against Golden State, I think you favor the Warriors heavily. I don't think that the Heat could score enough to keep up with what the Warriors would have firepower wise. I think that, you know, against the Warriors, you got to be able to score 110. I don't think Miami would be able to do that with Jimmy Butler. I think that they would be challenged offensively and would really struggle to get to that number. If it's Boston, though, and I keep saying this, and everybody, like, the reason why I keep hammering down this point is because I keep getting told on Twitter, oh, man, you're wrong, you're seeing this wrong. My friends and buddies that listen to the show are constantly on my phone texting me. If it's Boston, I think that Boston does things well that are going to give the Warriors problems. I think that they have a lot of depth. I think that they've got a lot of length, and I think that they're equipped to challenge the three-point shooting that Golden State will present. And it, you just got to go back and look at the Brooklyn Nets series to, to be able to have that as you know kind of your, your logic point. The Nets have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Patty Mills, um, you know, all the laundry, you know, Dragic. They had a laundry list of guys that were able to score the ball. Nick Claxton, you know, Seth Curry. Bruce Brown was playing big in that series. But Boston was able to get by them in a sweep. So... They could knock off and beat teams that have those high-end scores because they're very prolific defensively. And conversely to that, though they're a defensive first team, if you don't guard them at a high level, they could score too now. They they are, I think, the most balanced of everybody that's left. They've got to win one more game to get there. They've got two tries to do it. But if it is Boston and Golden State, don't assume for a second that that NBA championship series is going to be a snoozer. Don't assume for a second that that's going to be, you know, the Warriors winning the series in four or five or whatever. 
Boston is much better than Dallas. Boston is much better than I think anybody that Golden State has faced so far in these playoffs. I think that would be a very entertaining NBA final series, and I think that that would be one that fans would be very excited to see. Quite frankly, after an NBA playoffs that has been kind of a snooze fest, right, because there have been a lot of blowouts. There have been a lot of games that have not been competitive in the fourth quarter. And quite frankly, if we're being honest about it, the best series so far in the entire playoffs has been Phoenix and New Orleans. That, that was the series that had the most drama. That was the series that had the most back and forth because all the others were kind of decided early. And, you know, the, the team that, you know, had the early lead in the series kind of grabbed control. Maybe Dallas and Phoenix kind of take that crown too. But even late in that series, Dallas was winning games by blowout and was kind of putting it away early. So we'll see. We've got the Eastern Conference playoffs wrapping up this weekend. If there is a Game 7, it would be Sunday. Of course, Game 6 is tonight at 7.30 on ESPN. Both games would be on ESPN if necessary. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Damian St. Pierre. We're going to talk about some of these NBA games, but Damian also wants to talk about boxing. Local promoter Les Bonanno passed away recently. We're going to offer our thoughts and memories and share some stories about Les. And then also Jonathan Guidry, local fighter who fought for the heavyweight title a couple months ago, is going to have his next opportunity. Damian will give us the highs and lows of all of that stuff. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. If you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. 
Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. First, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for trusting us to help serve you in these trying times of post-storm recovery, and thank you for your patience during our expansions. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. And welcome back to Play by Play here on this Friday. We're wrapping up the week in style. We're talking some uh, everything, really. We've got Damien St. Pierre on the lines. So we'll talk some basketball. We'll talk some wrestling. We'll talk some boxing. Everything in between. Damien, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Case. Uh, after breaking my hiatus, and my, I could actually hear you this week, so <laughs> looking forward to a positive segment here. Yeah, the last time we had Damien on, I'm over doing the show at a friend's house, and the lights are off, and I'm doing the show on, the show on my cell phone. Damien can't hear anything that I'm saying. And I'm joking with him after the show. I said, Damien, that was one of our best segments, and we couldn't even hear each other. What does that say about what we usually do, right? That speaks well about us, though. We, we could we could actually not have any questions that we can still talk for 15 minutes. <laughs> That's right. So uh, let's talk about the Eastern Conference playoffs. you got Game 6 today between Boston and Miami. The Celtics have kind of grabbed control here. They're leading 3-2. to two. They're at home. Vegas says they're going to slam the door. They're an 8.5-point favorite, which is a huge line for a playoff game. I was talking early in the show. I just think Boston has the most versatility of anyone in the playoffs. They've got guys that could guard all five positions. They've got shooting. They've got length. I think that they've got an outside, not an outside shot. I think they got a really good shot of maybe winning the whole thing. It's just hard because they've like never done it before with this core group. How do you see the rest of this series go out? And do you think that I'm right in saying that Boston has a shot to take this thing home? As much as I don't want to say it, I think this series is pretty much done. I know I've been kind of going back and forth with a bunch of buddies of mine. Uh, I even signed the receipt on Saturday night, Heat and Five, and that obviously didn't work out. It's such that's such a weird series with the you know with the blowouts and the close games. It's just the Heat don't have consistent scoring, and the Celtics defense you can attribute that to that. Um, but they go as far as Jason Tatum goes. You can see the games that they're doing well. He's scoring some points. He's getting some rebounds. He's got a double double. Um, you know, uh, in the last game they played. But the games that, like on, on Saturday night, he didn't have any points going into maybe a third quarter, and then they started coming back, and he had some success, and then he got hurt and came back. Like he tried to do a little Willis Reed, or maybe it wasn't as, as, as successful as, as old Willis was. But they're going to go as far as he as he can. Does he get roughed up in, in the in the series against the Warriors, and, and he has issues, and then and the team falls down? After that, the Warriors are going to be hard to beat. I like exactly like you said. They've been there. They've done that. The Celtics have not done that with this group. And I just, I've said it from the beginning. I just don't know if Jason Tatum has that in him right now. Two years, three years, maybe the next year, it may be a different story. But I do, I'm agreeing with you. I, 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 the, the, the Celtics go on to the finals. I just think that with the, with the way the Warriors are playing right now, I don't know if anybody's going to beat them. You know, one thing that, and look, I'm going to I'm gonna pat both of our backs here, and it's going to kind of be, you know, kind of lame, the compliment that I'm about to give us because we're doing it at a bitty level, whereas Golden State's doing it at an NBA level. But when you and I used to coach together, we would take pride in taking kids that maybe were not as skilled or maybe had, you know, deficiencies in terms of what they were able to do and trying to make them better and try to put them in the best situations that they could be in to help the team. Now, now that I've finished doing that and, and pumping up our egos, one of the things Thanks that makes – what's that? 
I said, thanks, Barry. <laughs> now, one of the things that I think the Warriors do so well that's allowed them to be at this point, they got a guy like Andrew Wiggins who was like about to be out of the league. Kavon Looney and, you know, uh, Otto Porter. Like, they take these guys off the scrap heap, give them a little hope. And one of the things that makes what they're doing most impressive is who they're doing it with. Yeah, it's Curry, it's Thompson, it's Green, yeah. But no matter what, their role players are all role players are always good because they just have a way to instill confidence in those guys. Look, it's about developing those guys. It's about putting them in the right situations. And I, I'll take that credit that you just gave us a million times out of a million times. You know, I still love doing that from from this day. Taking, you know, just to say a kid that maybe people sleep on and making that kid into something special. That's that's what a coach wants to do. That's that's a coach's dream. Not saying that they're doing on that level because obviously these guys that are getting Wiggins, uh, even Jordan Poole, um, and, and they are already credible, but they're coming in and doing different things than they were doing in the past. But and you can see it last night in the just in the stack column, you know Clay led with 32 at eight three pointers. So how much how much defensive pressure do you have to have on Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole and Steph Curry? And then kind of let those other guys maybe play the four and five best defenders on the court. Opens them up for a little bit more opportunity there. But I, that's, that's one of the reasons that I like watching Golden State play. Uh, you know, they, they tried to build something and, you know, with Durant, and they're still in the same place when he's gone. So I don't know what that tells you about Golden State, or I don't know what that tells you about Kevin Durant. But it's, a, it's, a, it's fun to watch, and the, the way they're doing it, is, it we, we gave them a lot, a lot of, of negativity on it when they were building, uh, I guess, unorganically. But now, kind of building through free agency and building through the, their own draft, that's you know, that seems to be with the three teams remaining. That's that's kind of how it got it's getting done now. Even you know, with the big contracts and, and you know, and the, the super teams, we'll call them. Damon, thirty-six assists last night on forty-five made field goals. That's a ridiculous number, man. And 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 the thing also that I like about Golden State and look, I'm not a fan. I don't root for these guys, but you just have to respect the way that they play. They're the only team left that. You know, if you give them the rim, they're going to just go make the layup. Dallas, I think, lost this series because you give them the rim, they're just getting to the rim and then kicking it to the corners and missing a three-pointer. I think Golden State does an excellent job of just consistently making easy two-pointers. And then what that does is you can't go on a 20-4 to run on them because every third possession they're getting a layup. So instead, that 20-2 to run becomes a 20-12 to run, and it's not nearly as big of a hole to dig out of. They made 45 field goals last night, scored 120 points. You would have thought they would have scored 33-pointers. No, they only made 14. They're so good at sharing the ball, and they take what you give them. If that's a 8-foot floater in the lane that's uncontested, they'll take that. If that's a layup or a dunk, how many times did Looney break a run by making a dunk in that series? They just take what you give them. And they got a lot of flack when they were originally building and when they were on fire winning championships about ruining basketball and, and making people shoot three-pointers from the volleyball line. And look, they did a lot in creating that, and that that's still a, a deal in, in in youth basketball, high school basketball. You know, everybody wants to do what everybody's doing on TV. But if they play the, if, if people kind of adapt the way that they're playing now, and um, man, just the fact that they have so much firepower on offense, and like you said, they take what they what they take what what they're given, and that could be a night where they're, they're where the defense is trying to run them off the three point line, or or they're giving up easy twos. And you start giving up easy twos, you kind of compact the defense a little bit, and that opens up a three-point shot. Um, I, I personally have, I guess, the last um, year or so, or, or eight months, I've been I've been very, very lucky to coach the team that I'm coaching, and we could go in a lull. And I'm not comparing, obviously, not comparing what I'm doing 
or what our girls our girls are doing on the flash side to what the Warriors are doing. Obviously, there's no comparison to that. But just to be able to always be in a game because you could go on a, tw- a 10 nothing run, a 20 nothing run, or, or, or whatever that may be, hitting a couple shots, you get moving, and that may be all you need. You may just have that one big run there in the game, and that may be enough, and that's something that the Warriors could do at any time during the game because they're so offensively uh, – they have so much they could do on offense. All right, so let's talk about some fun stuff. Um, you know, coaches gossip, coaches talk, coaches do what coaches do. But very rarely does it get public. Nick Saban goes to his boosters while being filmed and is just going off, pointing at Texas A&M. You know, they're buying their recruits. They bought their whole recruiting class and then kind of issuing a warning like, hey, we don't do that here, but if we need to start doing it, like we're going to blow some stuff up. Then Jimbo Fisher comes out and retaliates, oh, we're not cheating. You know, we're, we're not, we're doing everything right here. Nick Saban thinks he's God. Somebody needs to smack him across the face and this, that, and the other. Like, this has been some fun stuff to watch. Rarely do you see this stuff get so public. NIL is making these coaches nuts, man. I love it. It's finally, as an LSU fan, you get to sit back and point the finger and laugh at somebody else. But look at the at – the, just being, being a hypocrite on Saban's side. You can't tell me that Alabama hasn't been doing this for the last good end of a decade, <laughs> at least. They're just under the table. Now it's legal and everybody's catching up. That, that, was, that was the funniest part to me, to have uh, you know an Alabama coach just go out there and say, well, we're going to start doing this. Man, you've been doing that for years, and you just do a, a decent job, not a, not a great job, of covering it up. I think the, the Jimbo and Saban deal is hilarious. And like I said, as an LSU fan, you got to get to sit back and watch and point the finger and laugh. For the first time, we may not be the, uh, the tail end of a joke in the SEC. You know what's so funny about it, though, Damien, is like, I'm laughing. It's like you have these guys like, like Dabo Sweeney say, oh, man, you know, now it's becoming – Whoever's going to be the highest bidder is going to get the recruit. That's not how it should be, yada, yada. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, every single offseason, every one of these coaches are for sale. And the person that makes the highest offer to them usually gets their services. These guys come and go for money all of the time. I think it's kind of funny that they don't want the players to have the same luxury. Look, I agree. And I was listening to a sports talk show um, maybe Saturday afternoon, and I was just kind of listening in just between games or whatever, and they said, it's the coach's fault that this is happening because you got a coach that's making 8 to $15 million a year coaching a kid that's on a $150,000 scholarship, and this is, look, we're, we're living in 2022. Everything's equal. That's how it should be. And a lot of these, that, that's why it happened. There was so much pushback. These coaches making so much money. Coaching kids are, I look, Obviously, scholarship and education is going to be number one. But at the same time, you got to give these guys an opportunity uh, to be able to make some money at the same time. Because, uh, look, it, it's your name, it's your likeness, it's your product. What you doing? And there shouldn't be you shouldn't be held back from being able to make money, especially with all these boosters and all these uh, ads and coaches making making millions and millions of dollars on your services. Yeah, so let's talk some wrestling here for a second. Ric Flair is going to be fighting one more match. He's 70-plus years old. I'm the biggest Ric Flair fan that there is. I think he's the best to ever do it. I don't want to see this. I'm concerned about this. The dude's got a pacemaker. I'm afraid what it's going to look like. I see he's been training on Twitter, posting videos. He still looks decent. But, man, I just feel like there's far more bad than than good that could come out of this. I'm a little nervous about this. What say you? I'm with you right there. I don't want to see it. I saw the same video that you saw. To me, that looked terrible. And then I see a TikTok of him in the back of a boat drinking beer uh, from the weekend. I, I mean, we we can't do this. And whatever whatever uh, state athletic commission is letting this happen, I know there's been some back and forth on that. 
That You can't do that. You can't let him do that. Keep him in the managerial side. Keep him on TV. Let him talk. That's what he's great at uh, now. But, man, they got so many people like, like yourself and myself that picture him as, as the greatest of all time. We don't need a – we don't need to see this uh, a 70 year old Ric Flair getting in the ring and and like making something, you know, that could that could potentially end his life happen. We don't need to see that. Keep keep it off. And what's crazy, D, is that like the rumors that like he'll be in a six man tag and like the Rock and Roll Express will be involved. So like it's a collection of guys we don't need to see in the ring. It's not just Flair. I've seen the Rock and Roll Express in the last five years, and they didn't need to be in the ring five years ago, much less today. I. I get it. It's you know, it's it's nostalgia. Everybody wants to see that, but the keeping keeping behind the table, signing autographs and taking pictures. That's that's where that's where it needs to needs to be and needs to stay. So Sasha Banks walks out on WWE and she's been suspended. She and her tag partner, of course, they've dropped the titles and it's become very public. Like they're announcing during the shows, oh, this is embarrassing. She walked out, whatever it may be. I what do you think about this? Because we we talk all the time and you know, the kind of the catchphrase that you've kind of coined here is Everything comes back to wrestling. I feel like if this were fully a legitimate thing and that they were really as angry as that they're making themselves out to be, they wouldn't be so public about this. What do you think? You think that this is going to be something they're going to use in a story later on? Because I kind of think that they will. That's exactly where, where I was going to start off. They're, they're almost too public. And you you know as well as I do, you've read, you've, you've read the dirt sheets. You know how this goes. If WWE is getting rid of somebody, first thing they do is take them off the roster on their website. Uh, and doesn't say anything. Now there's press releases about this stuff. You know, was was it a ploy just to get the tag team titles off of them? You know, I, I don't know. But again, the fact that we're having the conversation, the fact that we're having some, you know, some back and forth about it, that's kind of what they what they're looking for. I'm assuming. So if, if there are, if if it is kind of a work, then they're doing the right thing. And if it's not, it's it's really surprising on the way they the way they tried to stay in front of it and the way that they let it play out. Because from what I gather, they're not. They haven't been fired, so they can't go anywhere else. They're just kind of off TV at the moment. So whatever they're doing, it's working because we're talking about it. And, right. <laughs> um, you know, that's how, that's, how, that's how the world goes, the wrestling world goes. It's a little bit puzzling to see, but, yeah, I think you're right. Now, let's talk a little bit about some boxing. Good friend of yours uh, from the past, Les Bonanno, longtime promoter, passed away recently, man, just – Kind of give us your your lasting thoughts on on a man who did a, a whole lot in the sport, man. Promoted just hundreds and hundreds of fights and helped out a lot of people. And I know that you've you know, had a good relationship with him as well. What are your thoughts as Mr. Bonanno is no longer with us? It's a pillar of boxing in, in the state of Louisiana, specifically in New Orleans, is lost. Uh, I met Les when I was about 15 years old. Um, he promoted some fighters that my grandpa was managing at the time. The thing about Les, if you wanted to get something done in the state of Louisiana, you pretty much needed to go through him. He's given guys that would never have opportunities to fight. He had, he's had two world, he's had two fighters, three fighters, excuse me, fight for uh, world titles. Those guys would have never gotten that, and that includes. Uh, I'm not gonna say never gotten it because I don't want to. I don't want to be negative about it, but that includes Jonathan Gidry. Real cool story that I saw at NOLA.com. Uh, they were actually interviewing Les for uh, Jonathan's fight coming up on June 11th, and. That was the last deal that he made. That was with Don King. That was his last deal before he passed away. Uh, Les Moreno has been from the, from New Orleans to Mississippi, all the casinos involved, uh, kingpin of boxing in New Orleans, 79 years old. It, it, it's sad to see him pass, but he, I hope he understands how many people he's helped out and his legacy is going to be uh, going on for a very long time. No doubt about that. That's very well said. Now, kind of. To carry that forward, you know, Jonathan is going to be fighting in a couple of weeks. I've been watching on social media. He's been 
working pretty hard, doing a lot of agility and stamina, and he seems to be in pretty good condition. Tell us about the fight and some of the challenges that Jonathan's going to face in that fight as he has another shot on the big stage here coming up. You know, as a, as a former manager and, you know, kind of consultant for boxers, I don't know. I get it. I understand why he's taking the fight, but he could have probably made a little bit more money maybe in the in the, the short term, taking a couple tune-up fights, getting them in there. But I credit to him going out there and getting in the co-main event of this June 11th fight at the Miami Casino in Miami. Um, he's on the undercard of Trevor Bryan, where the same fighter that he lost to in a bid for the WBA Heavyweight Championship, fighting a, another undefeated uh, heavyweight. Two big guys, like I said, co-main event for the, the NABA Gold Heavyweight title. I'm not sure exactly what, what, what that is, aside from some hardware around your waist. But credit to Jonathan. You know, if, if he's taking this fight serious, you kind of saw what he could do against Trevor Bryan. He wasn't outclassed. He wasn't outmatched. He just he lost the fight. Um, you know, and obviously taking a step down in competition here from Trevor Bryan, but a step up from everybody else he has fought previously. So should be a should be a battle. It's going to be on pay per view, twenty nine bucks, uh, June eleventh. Looking forward to that. Case if you want to make that trip out there, just just let me know. We'll we'll uh, we'll take we'll take Chuck's credit card and rock and roll <laughs> to Miami, huh? <laughs> Good luck with that one, <laughs> man. Uh, what does Trevor Bryan? Not Trevor Bryan. What does Jonathan Guidry? Uh, you know. What what are, what is he up against? You know he's fighting a younger guy, a guy that again probably they're bringing Jonathan in to to probably lose to. He didn't cooperate with that the first time. You know he he gave Trevor Bryan everything that he could handle, and what was supposed to be a short knockout type of fight didn't materialize. What are some of the challenges he's up against against this young kid that they're trying to you know get a win for? So um, the guy he's going against has a very similar opposition as Jonathan. He hasn't really fought a top tier competition. He's only got a He's got, you know, he's only got a few fights under his belt, so it's not, I don't know if they're specifically bringing him in to, to kind of be the, the, you know, to go to the slaughtering house for, for lack of a better term. I just, I think it's a, it's a fight that maybe Don King signs the winner. I think he saw what Jonathan could do, and maybe if he's a full-time boxer and saw maybe the potential and what he could do. Uh, Scott has been on his on Don King undercards before. He's a little overweight. He's a little shorter guy, so maybe in stature, uh, he's not going to be overwhelmed, kind of like Trevor Bryan, what, four or five inches, uh, you know, taller than Gidry the lot when when they fought. I think it'll be more of an even fight than than kind of what's uh, kind of what's built out there. Very right, good look, buddy. Before we let you go, tell us a rundown of where the girls are playing this weekend, man. What you guys have been up to? Man, so I'll give a quick rundown of last week. We won the round ball classic at Southeastern University in the fifth grade division. Went undefeated throughout the weekend. Played some really, really good basketball. Um, it's amazing to watch. Sometimes I just have to be a manager and, and not coach as much. These girls have a blast together. The parents have a blast together. It's a, it's, it's, something to, it's something special to be a part of. Uh, so this weekend we're traveling to Mandeville, playing in the YBOA State Championship Tournament. Got a, a few teams, not, not, as, not as much as I thought they would. But a great event. I think they have over 100 teams signed up. Uh, 11 different courts in the Mandeville area. They have a fair uh, looking for the St. Tammany Parish Recreation uh, Group. Put a lot of stuff, a lot of effort into this. So it should be a great weekend. Um, and I want to come home with a state championship ring. Yeah, very good. Hope you guys are able to make that happen. Look, buddy, thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again next Friday, hopefully, with you having a state championship ring on your finger. Okay, bud? Absolutely, Case. Thanks again. Yep, that is Damien St. Pierre doing a wonderful job. As always, they've always got some great things going on, helping the kids out. and love to get Damien's insight. He gave us some good stuff on his relationship with Les Bonanno and some of the things that he has done for boxing. And 
You know, it would be very fitting if Jonathan went out there to Miami and the last deal that Les struck as a promoter and if Jonathan went out there and won that fight and continued to build on his career, that would be awesome. Jonathan's a good dude, and he certainly deserves that. So we uh, we certainly hope that he can make that a reality. So we go to the phone lines now. Truck, who do we got calling today, my friend? Who we got here? Well, we have a young man that we talked to a, a week or so ago uh, in reference to Popeye's fried chicken. We have Mr. Dwayne Hayes. Good afternoon, Mr. Dwayne. How you guys doing over there? We're doing fine, my friend. How about yourself? Everything's going okay out there? Everything is good. I'm sitting here on site and uh, the roads at Popeye's and watching the construction people uh, go hard at work and trying to get us back on schedule. So what's our target date? Uh, I, I know our commercial says in a couple of weeks, uh, the people are chomping at the bits. Uh, what's a, a probable uh, starting date? Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, you know, last week we had a little bit of weather, uh, so they kind of gave us a, you know, a delay. But we're looking at uh, a, a probable date of June 7th. Um, that's, you know, if everything goes well, which we think uh, everything should go, uh, we're looking at a probable day of June 7th. Next week we're going to start training, and we're, I am still hiring. So if uh, anyone is still looking for a job, please come down and uh, fill out an application or go on workstream.com and uh, put an application and we'll get with you. Uh, but June 7th looks like the uh, target date. Yeah, I, I passed yesterday or day before yesterday. I saw you were interviewing someone in your uh, portable tent office on the south side of Popeye's. But uh you're, you're busy at work trying to find people, and uh, hopefully we can get this thing rolling. Yes, sir. And, and you know, kind of to piggyback off what we talked about the last time, I think it's important to, to continue to get out there. When you guys open, it's not good, just going to be the drive-through or it's not going to be a limited menu. You guys are going to open. They're going to be fully back, right? Yeah, fully back and under a new design, which I'm very excited about. Uh, come, come down and look at and see what the Popeyes look like. This is our brand new uh, re-imaged Popeyes. This is not the uh, old, older looking uh, model. This is a brand new model of Popeyes, and, and, it's, and it looks great. And if you guys have uh, taken the drive by, you'll, you'll get a sneak peek of what it looks like. Um, so once you come down, uh, you'll see what we're talking about. You know, sir, there, there are a lot of businesses after Ida that said, you know what, we're just not going to reopen there, you know, for whatever reason, be it, you know, fear of future storms, be it out of fear of, you know, some of the population leaving. Talk about what into that, what went into the decision for you guys to say, you know what, we're not giving up on Southern Lafouche. We're going to come back. Well, you know, that, that is a, you know, a legitimate concern that a lot of businesses have. And, you know, I do understand that. And, you know, and we talk to ownership and, you know, they, they really wanted to, make it, you know, an emphasis to get open, especially in this community. The outcry for Popeye to be back in this community has, you know, really surprised us. And, you know, we've gotten letters, we've gotten phone calls, uh, you know, we've got, you know, people in our store in Raceland, uh, you know, that drove, that drives all the way from LaRose to go to Raceland and say, hey, when is that store opening? And we just want to make sure that we, we can do that for the community, uplift the community and um, get open for you guys. Very good. Well, look, my friend, thank you so much for that commitment in our area and also for the time. We hope you guys are able to stay on schedule. We hope to see you all soon, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. I can't wait to see you all. All right, uh, Dwayne, good luck and have a great uh, Memorial Day uh, weekend. You too, guys. Yep, that is Dwayne Hayes with Popeyes. Happy to hear that 
they're getting closer to reopening. Sounds like early June. We may uh, be eating some really good fried chicken here. Love that chicken from Popeye's. Yes. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be, we're going to be broadcasting out there one of the days that uh, they elect. And uh, I'm sure the first few weeks that the <laughs> the business is going to be unbelievable. So I hope they're gearing up with 18 wheelers full of uh Chicken wings, breast, drumsticks, the whole bit. And he was talking about people who um, go from here to Raceland. I guilty, <laughs> guilty. It's, it's that delicious. Yeah, so. no, no doubt about it. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll get you our weekend predictions. It's play by play here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too, through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. No more call-in guests today, but we've had some good ones. We thank Chandler Guitros for his time. We thank Damien St. Pierre for his time. We thank Dwayne Hayes with Popeyes for his time. You'll be able to hear all of these interviews here in the coming days. Um... Let's see what we've got here coming up. We've got our weekend predictions, and we're going to rock and roll and tell you some things that we're expecting to see over the weekend. The first weekend prediction is a very basic one. I think the Celtics are going to close out the Miami Heat. I I think that they're better than Miami. I think that they've got uh, the edge being the home court advantage. They've got Vegas on their side. If you're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in an NBA game, that's a ton of points, so Vegas thinks they're decisively better. I think Miami's got more consistent offense. Miami, oh, excuse me. I think Boston's got more consistent offense. Miami just kind of has Jimmy Butler, and everything else that they get is just kind of line yap. I think Boston closes out today. They probably close out decisively 
Give me the Celtics to beat the Heat and punch their ticket to the NBA Finals this weekend where they would take on Golden State in what I think is going to be a very good series. Prediction two. I don't know why. It's kind of got a feeling, right? Just kind of a hunch. Sometimes these hunches are right. Sometimes these hunches are wrong. Got a feeling LSU baseball is going to make a run at the SEC tournament. Watched the game last night. They beat Kentucky 11-6. to Game that really wasn't that close. Kentucky kind of got some cheap runs late in the game to kind of whittle the deficit down. They were down big. At one time, it looked like LSU actually was maybe going to run rule them. Just got a feeling. You know, they're taking on Tennessee today. That's going to be a whale of a challenge. But even if they lose that game, I think LSU can make a little noise and make you know do a little damage out of the loser's bracket. The Tigers' offense is humming right now. In their last, let's do the math, okay, in the last... Uh, six games, they have scored five runs, 19 runs, 13 runs, eight runs, 21 runs, then 11 runs. And they're doing it without their full lineup, right? Like, K. Doty's not in the lineup. Jacob Berry's not in the lineup right now. LSU's offense is humming. They are an offense that is going to be very difficult to consistently hold down. Last night in the starting lineup, Dylan Cruz, who, my God, like, I'm extremely happy and grateful that Dylan Cruz has to play at LSU again next season. But college baseball and the MLB really need to maybe consider revisiting some of those rules that they have in terms of when you can and can't go into the draft. Because that dude there, like he could probably play high-level minor league baseball right now. He's getting two, two or three knocks a night. Scored four runs last night. Playing with a great glove in center field. He made just a ridiculous slide yesterday on a, on a play at the plate where he does like some matrix stuff and contorts his body in some kind of way, touches home. He was excellent. Josh Pearson last night, five hits. Jordan Thompson had a knock. Tyler McManus, three knocks. Like the LSU lineup right now is doing such amazing work. <clears throat> and it just makes you wonder when they get all of their full allotment of guys back in the lineup, how pretty this is going to look, how good of an offense this could actually be. They're playing Tennessee, as, as we said earlier, uh, that's going to be a big challenge, but I think the Tigers are going to solidify that, hey, you know, we're not finished yet. You could talk about Tennessee. You could talk about whoever you want to talk about in the hierarchy of college baseball, but we're still LSU, and we can maybe make a run at this thing too. And that goes along with my next prediction, which is prediction three. I think LSU is going to host a regional. Um, the brackets come out on Monday. We're not going to have a show before then. So I think it's, you know, apropos that I make the prediction now, I think the Tigers are going to host a regional. I think they're going to be at home in the opening round. They're not going to be a top eight seed, but they're going to be a top 16 seed. And I think that LSU will be at Alec Box Stadium. And it's it's fun. It's fun, right? Last year, LSU was on the bubble. We were wondering on Selection Monday, oh, is LSU going to get in or are they not going to get in? That's not any fun for anybody, especially not for a program like this. But to know that you're in and to be playing out in Hoover Without that pressure of having to try to earn your spot into the tournament, you're 38 and 18 right now. You're 17 and 13 in conference games, maybe 18 and 13 if you count last night's win. You're going to be in the NCAA tournament. That's fun. That's what LSU is here for. LSU is not a program that's designed to struggle. That's not designed to scratch and claw for any opportunity at postseason that you could get. This is a team that is here to win championships. They invest more money into the baseball program at LSU than any other college baseball program invest into their own product. 
Your goal is to win championships at LSU. And I get it, Jay Johnson's first year, he's still building. They might not make it to the College World Series this year. They might not win it all this year. I understand all of those things. But I think that they've got a guy in place right now and the infrastructure in place right now to where they're going to be poised to make a big run here very, very soon. Prediction four, I think Rafael Nadal is going to continue to surge at the French Open. Very rarely do I talk some tennis, but I do like talking the major championships in tennis. This is kind of weird, right? Like the way that tennis is right now. Like the three dudes that have won the most major championships in the sport are all active right now. You got Nadal, who's I think won the most. You've got Djokovic and Federer, who are all right there. They're all still active. This has been a golden age for the sport. Nadal has been near invincible at the French Open. I don't think anybody's knocking him off. I think he's going to end up winning another one. But it's it's amazing. I don't think enough gets made of what we're seeing in that sport right now. It would be like if Tiger Woods, Sam Snead, and Jack Nicholas were all on the tour right now. We're all in their primes, and we're all competing against one another at like Augusta and the U.S. Open and the British Open. That's what we're seeing right now in the game of tennis, and it's been wonderful to, to kind of track here. Of the guys, everybody has their own pick, right? Most of the folks, Federer is probably the most popular. He's the guy that kind of has become that name brand guy. I'm in the, uh, I'm in a golf. Listen to me, I can't speak right now. I'm a Nadal guy. Easy for me to say. At heart, he's the one that I that I root for the most. So, I think he's going to continue to surge at the French Open and try to win himself another major championship. MLB talk. I think the Yankees are going to win the series against the Rays, and I think they're going to continue to build some steam. The AL East, and you know what? To piggyback on that, I also think that the Brewers are going to win their weekend series with the Cardinals and build some steam. We've got two series right now that are between first and second place in respective divisions. Milwaukee won game one against St. Louis last night, and I and New York won game one against the Rays also. As we head into the weekend, I think both New York and Milwaukee are going to solidify, hey, we're the, we're the lead dogs here. For the Cardinals, I like what St. Louis is doing. I like their roster. There's just something missing. I don't know what it is yet, but like they win two or three in a row. They lose three, four in a row. They win a game 20 to nothing, then they lose a game two to nothing. Like There's been very little consistency. They have been so hot or cold. They have been so hit or miss. To be honest with you, they kind of remind me of Atlanta a little bit last year. Is that the Braves last year were below 500 for most of the year, but they had a positive run differential because the games that they would win, they would win 17 to nothing. And then the games that they would lose, they'd lose three to two. So it was hard and frustrating to figure out. That's kind of where the Cardinals are, right? Like they go on a four game winning streak, they beat the Pirates twice in a row, and then in the third game of that series, they went 18-4 to and are dominating. Then they beat the Blue Jays 7-3, to and it looks like they're about to go on a big run. Then they lose to Toronto and then lose to Milwaukee last night. Like, hard to figure out. I think the Brewers are going to win that series and further separate themselves. Then in the AL East, the Yankees are just ridiculously good. They're 32-13. and It's a different type of Yankee team. Like, yeah, they got the slugging, and they've got Judge and Stanton and all the big bats. But the Yankees' pitchers are incredible. And what what makes it so impressive is the fact that the Yankees' pitchers are incredible, and it's not like a lot of big, high-dollar, you know, big-profile guys. Yeah, they got Garrett Cole, yes. But they have a team ERA of 2.98 right now, and they're riding like Jordan Montgomery, Nestor Cortez, Jamison Tyon, Luis Severino. Like, they don't have a whole lot of 
dudes that everyone knows. Cole's kind of the big marquee guy on the staff. He has the worst ERA of any one of their starters. His ERA is 3.31. That's low, That's the highest of anybody on their staff. So they're just doing it with guys that maybe don't have that big you know, marquee name brand, but they just get outs. Last night, Nestor Cortez was incredible. Again, he has become an ace on that staff. New York is just amazing. Last prediction, then we'll catch a break, get to our betting picks. I just got a feeling LSU football is going to get a commitment this weekend. That You've been hearing a lot of whispers and a lot of rumors and reading some of the 24-7 articles, and guys are saying they like Baton Rouge and they're having a good time. It's a long weekend. I know LSU is going to be doing a lot over the long weekend. Just get a feeling Brian Kelly and his crew are going to add somebody here in the next couple of days. It's play-by-play. When we get back, I'll get you three betting picks, then we'll get out of Dodge here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen has immediate job openings for our LaRose location. We are hiring all positions, cashiers, pre-batter cooks, managers, job training immediately available. You can apply online at workstream.com slash Popeye's or come on by at 13952 West Main, the LaRose location. Popeye's regional manager is on site ready to speak to you. Popeye's grand opening in approximately two weeks. It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams. Long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You may think every weather app is the same until you see Weatherbug over deliver on so many layers. With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug warns you the moment lightning strikes near you, prepares you for your commute with road conditions, routes, and even cameras. With everything from pollen and air quality to severe storm risks, radar, and satellite coverage, Weatherbug prepares you for the unpredictable. Download the Weatherbug app, trusted by over 10 million users, today for free. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Welcome back to Play by Play. We're going to thank our sponsors. Get three picks real quick, then get out of here. We've got a good week of shows, and we don't have a show Monday. Uh, we'll be back at it on Tuesday. We're going to observe the Memorial Day holiday. We do, however, have the Sports Corner tomorrow morning. Stan and I will be talking about all the things happening in the world of high school, college, and pro sports. Let's thank the Blue Boot Rodeo. The 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo will be held July 7th through 9th at the Grand Isle Marina, located at 158 Sand Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion. How about Southland Dodge and Homa? Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. What about Dufresne Building Materials? Got you covered for all your roofing needs. And also Rouse's Markets. Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week at Rouse's Markets. Tastes like home. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. 
And then also Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafourche Athletics and community sports organizations. We thank all of them for the support. Three picks today, and then we're going to hit the weekend, and we hope that everybody um, – here's the, here's the thing with, with these weekends, right? I hope that everyone enjoys themselves over the long weekend. Sorry there for the long pause. Turned off the mic to sneeze several times. Didn't want you guys to hear that. Hope everybody enjoys the long weekend. But I also hope everybody takes under, you know, some time to understand what the long weekend is for. And we're remembering people who've lost their lives serving and protecting our country. Especially at a sensitive time in the world where there is war in our world right now. Though we're fortunately not directly involved in it right now. Just remember what those folks have done for us to allow us to you know, be barbecuing and having Monday off and like, it's more than just, you know, Hey, you don't have to go to work on Monday. So just remember that our first betting pick is we're going to like the Atlanta Braves today. I'm a Braves fan. They're playing the Marlins at home. They're minus 138 money line favorite. I like Atlanta to win today. I said this over on Patreon earlier in the week when Miami doesn't have, um, Alcantara or Lopez starting, they're a completely different team. Had to sneeze again, sorry. They're a completely different team. Um, so I think that Atlanta's going to take care of business at home. The line is is close enough to even to where I think Atlanta's going to win. They've got Ian Anderson on the mound. He's been coming around after a slow start. And on the flip side to that, Trevor Rogers for Miami is just, he's not a great pitcher. He's okay. He's run of the mill, ERA above five. I think Atlanta at home is going to take care of business. You get the more talented team. You get the home team. You get the team with the better starting pitcher. Give me Atlanta to win that one today. I also today like the Red Sox to cover the run line against the Orioles. Not the money line, the run line, meaning they're going to win by one or more, or by by two or more, rather, against Baltimore. The Red Sox are starting to play well. They have Garrett Whitlock on the mound today, who has an ERA of 3.58. Those numbers are a little bit skewed. Whitlock has been better than that. Whitlock's numbers are skewed upward because in his last start against Seattle, he got hammered. Three innings allowed five runs. He wasn't very good. So I think that Boston at home, again, same situation. You got the better starting pitcher, you got the better team, and you're the home team. I think the Red Sox are going to take care of business and they're going to get the run line win there against um, Baltimore, who's just kind of lacking. Last pick, then we'll get out of Dodge. I like the Phillies today to cover the run line. That's plus one and a half, meaning that they could lose by a run and you're still okay against the Mets. The Phillies are throwing Zach Eflin. The Phillies just got out of a series with Atlanta where they were swinging it pretty well. Facing Carlos Carrasco today out in New York, I think they're going to be a lot of runs, and I think that that the Phillies are going to stay close enough attached to the Mets to be able to find a way to either win or lose by just a run, and I think that they'll cover that run line. So we want to thank everybody for listening today. It's been a good show. We want to thank all the folks um, you know who are continuing to grow our audience I want to thank all of our call-in guests. Damian was great as always. Chandler was great as always. And, of course, Mr. Hayes with Popeyes letting us know that we could be expecting fried chicken in early June. A little bit of a delay. It was supposed to be late May, but some rain kind of washed them out. Uh, we'll be back at it on Tuesday. The Sports Corner will be coming tomorrow, uh, Saturday at 10 o'clock. Stan and I will be breaking some things down. So we look forward to getting into the summer and doing some big things. This is Casey Justclare signing off. Have a great weekend, y'all. It's a long weekend. Be safe. Don't give me anything that I'm going to have to write about. Don't do anything crazy on the road or anything of the sort. Be stay, be safe, stay hydrated, and may God bless you and your families. Have a great weekend, everybody. You're listening to KLEB.
1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.